everyone to the jingle that I'm making up on the spot here to tin pot two. Um, <laughs> I've no idea why I did that. It just naturally came to me. How are you, Sharon Boyd? I'm all right, thank you. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. And to all those watching, welcome. It's a very exciting day for us. Um, launch of our new podcast here to tin pot two. Uh, now, it doesn't take a genius to work out what we've done there. We've played with some words here to Timbuktu, but Timpod 2, I don't know why it needs explaining in any detail, because why wouldn't you understand what it meant of a podcast called here to Timpot 2? But the reason why it is called here to Timpot 2 is because in our very early days uh, in MKL Innovation, um, nearly four years ago now, we have... We had a really good idea, um, very new business, shooting for the stars, and we were unfortunately put into the very tight and snug box of being a tin pot organization, um, which is a bit of a hard thing to shake off. But so since we've had those um, uh, badges put on us as being a tin pot, we have massively surpassed that in everywhere everywhere shape and form both in terms of the size of the team we started off with three of us now there's 15 um our revenue has exploded um i think the last like for like i looked at was something ridiculous like eight and nine hundred percent increases in revenue uh, and that's also in profit as well because as they do say sales is vanity profits where the actions at yeah so we can talk business as well but the reason why it's called here to tim pot two is because yes we were seen as a tin pot. We're not a tin pot, but it's important never to lose those tin pot values. It's those tin pot values. A bit like what Jeff Bezos says, if I dare be so bold to put ourselves in the same category as him. He uses day one in Amazon. Ours is very much being a tin pot. So when you're a tin pot, my God, you've got to be nimble. You've got to be quick. You've got to fail fast, learn quicker. But you can take those tin pot methodology and then implement that into a way that will make you a megastar so that's why it's called here to tin pot two so we're a tin pot now we're on to phase two which is galvanized tin <laughs> i don't know what that is but but the, the and one of the reasons why i wanted to do this podcast i'm sorry if i'm looking like that I'm, i feel like i'm as long as you love me baby backstreet boys there for anybody who's from the 90s references um but the reason why i wanted to make this podcast is it's open season in terms of topics so we're going to talk about all things books tv programs films um relative topics of the day <laughs> i don't know what that would be but one of my biggest things is i don't want it to be boring and, and this podcast is very much just so you can get to know us you'll hear our opinions um we very much like ideas so hopefully as this grows people will say well have you seen this film what do you think of that and naturally you won't agree with what we say which is even better because that then generates a debate and when you have a debate civilized debate you then make friends and then when you make friends you then make I can't say. <laughs> <laughs> so today, which is book review day, <laughs> book review day. How sad does that sound? <laughs> we are talking about the fabulous beast of a human being that is Mr. David Goggins. Now, 
Sharon, I know that you have read that book because quite rightly, um, you sent that book to me um, as a, you should read this to see what you think because I've never, I've never had anybody send me a book other than um, reports at school that was always negative. Um, but I've never had anybody send me a book through the post and go, you should really read this and see what you think about it. And I never really heard of David Goggins. I sort of seen motivational clips about him, you know, people splice and cut and do things on TikTok and, uh, and Instagram and all sorts of little quotes from him. And his end line is always stay hard. And I thought, what does that mean for one? But um, what, what's all that about? So you sent me the book, um, Can't Hurt Me. And there are many books out there, aren't there, Sharon, that will say, you know, this can change your life read this motivational book, take my 10 steps, just pay the shipping fee. You could be a millionaire too like me, but ignore the trust fund that my dad left me. You know, <laughs> all this sort of different thing. But I mean, please, you kick this off, Sharon, because I don't want to, I don't want to, what you'll find people watching this is that Sharon will have notes. Sharon will methodically go through this book, whereas I will just cut, weave, dip, dip, dive, and dodge, which is a dodgeball reference, again, in another early 2000s film. Um, so, Sharon, you know, when you, when you obviously read it first, and you're a speed reader, and then you sent that to me. Well, two, two questions for me, really. One, why did you pick that book? And then two is, what, what grabbed you to the point where you thought, I'm actually going to send this to somebody else? I think you started off that really well by saying there's not many books that change your life, but this one for me really challenged my thinking, um, challenged some of my internal thoughts. And I know we had conversations before about self, um, what's the word? Self-care, that's the word. Yeah. Um, and, you know, what an excuse that is to lay in bed longer and oh, just an extra, just getting to take care of myself and, you know, 10 episodes of Netflix. Um, and I just thought, yeah, I read it and I thought, oh my goodness, this is a guy that just really lives his values to such an extent that he does a hundred mile run with no training to the point where he's, you know, loses control of his bowels. Literally said, didn't he? I had crap all up my, I mean, for those of you not um not knowing who Dave Goggins is, but um he is a oh god, he's an ultra marathon runner, um ex-military individual. I mean he's in, in the military for I think 20 odd years, um, Navy SEAL, the only person to do Hell Week three times. Yeah. If you don't know what Hell Week is in Navy SEAL terms, go and have a look. Just go and have a look. And I, I guarantee you that 99% of the general population would not pass Hell Week. Um he did it three times, so why wouldn't you? Uh, and then he and then and then he decided to do ultra marathon running, and then it just went a bit crazy from there, didn't it? But you, you're right because I think from what I remember in the book, he wanted to get he he calls the guy SBG, doesn't he? Silverback Gorilla, who was his instructor during Hell Week, and yeah. his instructor saw something a bit different in him, didn't he? Because he was enjoying the punishment and, and, yeah. and bring you, it. You, well, exactly, because you said didn't you? You know, it's all about self-care these days and, and the reason why it sort of resonated with me is he goes completely the other way yeah he's like, find your suffering I'm, yeah I'm, suffer 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 you have to suffer you have to suffer yeah. that's and, how we grow yeah well exactly and and, and you, you've almost got with dave goggins is you've got um a lump of granite 
and then you look at Jordan Peterson and you've got a refined piano. But if you read both their books, the takeaway message is, is quite similar. So Dave Goggins talks about suffering and he talks about it in the rawest sense of the word. And Jordan Peterson talks about life being suffering, but he's very eloquent with it and, and talks in detail about how um, uh, mentally you can deal with this stuff and how you need to be the best you can be by taking on more resp responsibility, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So two very different individuals, but with quite a similar message. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why I sent you the book, because you've been reading the Jordan Peterson book, and we're talking about some of those things. I read the this amazing book and thought, oh, this is it, and this is someone who's lived it every second. Mm. What was really interesting for me was his, his beginnings were very humble, very, very difficult, um, the abuse was to a to a, a stage that just affects him massively mentally to the fact that and his, his dad was a mega celebrity as well wasn't he yeah he's not like um courted the 70s roller disco journey didn't he, he yeah was, you won't think see you said didn't he one on the outside he was a lovely guy but as soon as that door closed it was yeah his animal. belt was out and he was hitting his wife and his children and that abuse just wrecked Goggin's memory didn't it mm. for him that just meant that he couldn't absorb anything and through he got to a stage where he couldn't even read as a teenager um, and he then went through a stage where he had to cheat to, to scoot under the radar to get through mm. it is mm. a direct con contrast then to how hard he worked in later life mm. it was like he knew that he was like you know I've had to kind of duck and dive as you said to, to get through and manage it now I need to prove something to myself as to who I am and that that the challenge that he'd set himself where he had to lose all that weight in those three months. Well, was he like 120 pounds or something like that? He, he wanted to go for, he, he had his, um, everybody has those moments, don't they, where you see that sort of, he, he saw the uh, advert for the Navy SEALs, didn't he? And he was doing roach control at the time. So right. in America, you know, they do, um, they have people that go out, they were doing the UK, but very much in America where they go and do um, pest control, but he was doing roaches and things like that. He was 300 pound, you know, he loved his chocolate milkshakes, didn't he? And so he came back and he, uh, he looked in the mirror, which he then started to call the accountability mirror, which we'll talk about that. Um, and then he saw the video advert for the Navy SEALs and thought, I need, I need to get a grip of my life here, didn't it? But then he went to the recruiter and he said, right, mate, we'll take you, but you need to be, I think it was 190 pound he needed to be. And he was three, 310, something mm. like that. So he lost that 125 pounds? in like two weeks, just but purely. He, when he first went running, he, he could only run a quarter of... This is a guy that has run over 200 miles in one sitting. And when he first started, he could only run a quarter of a mile. So he punished himself, didn't he, on the bike? Yeah, but it was constant. Like, it's two hours, two hours of bike, running, 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 go to work, then two hours again at the gym every day. I mean, I'd do a half an hour bike workout, and I'm like, oh, that's going to take me out for a couple of days. <laughs> yeah. That's why it was the, the change of the thinking, because he punished himself to such an extent and just carried on and just to see what his body could do. And wow, did he show what it could do? And that was well, what he talks about. The, he talks about the governor, doesn't he? So he says in, in every single one of us, we have a governor. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, on, on, on BMWs, they're restricted to 150 miles. I mean, your car with Sean drives an M3. So um so your car is restricted to, I think, is 150, 155. It can go a lot more than that. 
which you've probably found out. Um, <laughs> it can go, it can go a lot more than that, but it's governed to do, to go at that speed. And what he says is that your mind is the same, but the governor in your mind can be broken and can be tricked. And did, 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 I mean, I, I'm a terrible one for taking actual pictures of certain pages in books and highlighting them and keeping them with me because every now and again I'll sort of go back and uh, and yeah. yeah exactly yeah and, and and do it and there was a couple of things that he said for me was and this was such a powerful lesson because how many of us have done something new maybe you might have started a new job you might have sort of like told a few white lies on your cv to get you into that role and you don't really know what you're doing you're doing the richard branson approach of you know if you're given a great opportunity just take it and worry yeah. about it later but all that anxiety starts coming in and going oh shit, i'm going to be found out here you know someone's going to caught me he tricked himself didn't he when he was studying for the test he had to pass to get into the military bear in mind this guy couldn't read or write so he had to pass yeah he had to pass i think it was 50 in mechanical reasoning to get into the navy seals um and he could only barely score a 40 or a high a, a low 40 so he never got in but he had to go away and retest so he could he could train his body but he needed to train his mind as well so he had all this anxiety about the test but he tricked his mind to make his mind believe that when you're feeling anxious or doubt that is a clear sight and a, a clear um confirmation that you are on the right path and you are breaking out of the status quo that line for me i mean i'm, I'm going to find it and i'm going to read it for baton because that line for me absolutely blew my mind it, it, it completely made me think well here we go so he says, um, and this is obviously he's talking about um, training for the ASVAB questions. I can't remember what that stands for, but it's a military style questions in the in the, in, in the US and, and especially for BUDS, which is Navy SEALs training, you have to get, I think it's a 50 or above in mechanical reasoning um, because they do all sorts of crazy stuff to those guys. But he says, as he was training, very mind he failed this like two times and this was his third bite of the cherry, final bite. I had to flip it and convince myself that all that self-doubt and anxiety was confirmation that I was no longer leave, living an aimless life. That's powerful, isn't it? It really is. One of the it, bits for me was the 40% rule. That I can't get that out of my head. That will, that, will, that will always live with me. And when I'm running and I'm doing my self-talk, which is so powerful when you're running, and you do the same, don't you? Imagine David Goggins next to you going, come on, you've got more to I know do. exactly what I'd be saying. Not, none of it can be repeated here. but no, um, blue. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that bit around when our mind wants to give up, we're only at 40% of what we can give. And imagine if we fought through that and just went, no, shut up. I'm going to give it my all. What could that really mm. be like? What could that achieve? And yeah. that's how come he, that's the mentality he took to ultras. So the Navy SEALs, um, so that 40% rule really lived with me. The other bit was about taking souls, wasn't it? Do you want to talk about oh, that? Oh, God, yeah. The, the taking souls thing, because I've heard the 40% rule before, but I never knew who said it. Mm. Uh, and it was like an urban myth. What's yeah. this 40% rule? Uh, and it goes back to that governor thing, doesn't it? Because he said, you, when your mind quits, your body's only used 40%. So you can trick your mind to go 45, right? So you're, you're a 45% rule, yeah. now 50% rule. 55% and before you know it you're at 80 90 I mean he said he's never got to 100 because 100 would mean death because yeah. he'd never stop <laughs> but yeah. he's at the 90s isn't he and this is why he can do ultras but the taking soul thing was 
I mean, he, he came up with that in uh, Bud's training, one in Hell Week. You can't yeah. you, you can't break boat crew two, isn't it? So they they they, they get put into boat crews. Um, I, th- I can't remember how many they are. I think there's either six or there's eight of them. But he had Chris Kyle in his um his boat crew. You know, American sniper guy. I mean, that, that that's that's cool in itself having that dude in there. But um, very very quiet, very reserved. But was an absolute death from above guy. Um. But it, it, so they, they put them all into boat crews, and as you would imagine through Hell Week, they that is designed to break you. They want you to ring that bell because you are not seen as worthy enough to be a Navy SEAL. So ring that bell, off you go. And so you have to break them. So obviously Dave Goggins is in his is in his boat crew. He's in boat crew two, um, and then he says to the guys. I mean, I think this was on their third day. Um, and he says to the guys, because they're all knackered, and they're carrying these you know, 200 pound boats above their head, and they've got to hold them there and then drop them down and hold them. You know, and he goes, Right, we're going to take these guys' souls. And all these other guys, like another you know, five of them, going, What's he on about taking souls here? What does he mean by this? Yeah. And, he's, and he started singing, didn't he? He started singing the platoon song, the hmm. And then he started going, You can't break boat crew two, you yeah. can't hurt boat crew two. And what he says is he looked at the instructors and the instructors are as you would imagine are very sadistic individuals because they want you to suffer they do and they love it they love your suffering they're going to break you but he wanted to get into their head so they couldn't go back as he would say and um have enjoyment with their wives on that night because he would be in their head going we can't break this guy we can and it got to the point didn't it where they stopped him. Yeah, so, you are enjoying this. The, yeah. Or something. You're enjoying it too, I'll dig in. You need to stop because- Yeah, because they finished Hell Week, didn't they? So yeah. they finished Hell Week. And as you imagine, when you finish something like that, you get a God complex. So all the recruits are a little bit unruly for a couple of days afterwards and the instructors have to grip them quite hard. So they're, you know, they're answering back a little bit, a little bit lazy, not doing it. So the instructors then punish them to bring them back in line. So. I think they're off on a different island or something like that, and they bring them down to the beach and they're messing about. So they get them to dig uh, foxholes, which is a hole that you would, um, you know, lie in if you're under attack or protecting a ridge line or something. But they get them to dig it with a hand, and everybody's moaning and grumbling to himself. But Goggins is there with a smile on his face, going, "This is great," and because he wants to suffering, he wants to suffer because he knows what it was like on the other side. He knows what it's like to be a nobody, to be a bum, to be 300 pounds, not going anywhere, having a parent and a family that absolutely smash you. He knows what that's like. So he's enjoying it. And the instructors stop him. Yeah. That's how they hurt him. I'm going to stop you from enjoying this and suffering. And that's how I'm going to make you suffer. And he got pissed off with that. But that just shows what, indiv- what kind of individual he is, doesn't it? He's, that he's, was mental. <laughs> But, you know, if you take some of these amazing kind of points that he he puts out there, like the accountability mirror and like, you know, that taking souls piece around, I'm going to look at my competitor and work out what I need to do to win because I'm going to mm. take his soul by winning mm. and pushing yourself to that nth degree and using that fuel. That's mm. a bit like what we do sometimes, isn't it? Where someone, when someone says something that's not right, we, instead of getting upset about it, we use that to fuel us to, to be better. Yeah. Well, we call it hate fire, don't we? Yeah, and well, yeah, yeah. he calls it taking souls, but it's very similar in terms of um, using that fuel to empower you and your team to, to shoot mm. for the stars and achieve. Um, but we, another thing that I really liked was his cookie jar. That, oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. You explain that. that yeah, I, I like that one. That's very yeah. good. 
So for him, when he's doing his ultras and he runs it without music or anything, he, you know, imagine running 100 miles, just you in the absolute extremes. And one of his ultras was an ultra to end all other ultras. You know, mm. 100 miles in the burning deserts. Uh, bad water. The, the, the bad water 130. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's notoriously dangerous. Mm. Um, and, you know, he just says what he had to do was go in on himself and use this cookie jar concept of going, right, what have I done previously? What are my achievements? What are my challenges? What have I done? What, what can I get and turn around? And he just kind of uses that, those past lessons and past successes for fuel. And that's a lot of what he talks about in his book, really, how to find inner fuel to power mm. yourself to the next stage. So I, when yeah. I'm running now, I think I've done a marathon before. Come on, Sharon, just doing a 10K. Get oh, exactly. Um, and that's what he's doing. The other thing he does is he, um, I can't think what the hashtag is, um, empowerment. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. And he, he, every time something, you know how you beat yourself up if you fail? He goes, yeah, you're going to do that. But take those bits, turn them around, work out what the good things are. Where's your lessons? Unpick and make yourself stronger for next time. Use those failures to move yourself forward and be the better person, the better you can be. So I, what I really took from his book was all these hashtags that he uses because there's 10 challenges. Mm. That's why we, I definitely recommend you read this book, anyone watching. There's 10 challenges that he does with a hashtag for each of them, like talent not required, meaning work your mm. ass off. No matter mm. how talented you are, you will achieve if you try hard enough. Mm. And some mm. of those lessons and points are just so strong that they can just lift you up a level. You know, you talk about kind of leveling up, this book will help you do it. Yeah, and you see it everywhere, don't you? Because, you know, that, um, you know, the, the rock uh, uses, he calls it being the hardest worker in the room. Yeah. You know, he, he doesn't, he, he, he says to himself, he doesn't have any necessary talent I mean, arguably he has, because look at where he's got to, but um, he just works his ass off. But that cookie jar methodology that is so powerful because the way that I visualized that was, I imagine, especially someone like that running Badwater 130, and the Badwater 130 is an ultra marathon across um, uh, Death Valley. And if you've ever been to Death Valley um, or Badwater, uh, you'll know. Uh, I, I went there once and it is, I think it's, it's the lowest point under sea level in the western hemisphere and it is hot it's 50 degrees well. yeah but a very 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 dry heat it's, it's yeah. nearly unbearable unbearable but and i'm running 130 miles across that so he talks about that cookie jar thing but i imagined him when he's running in, in in his stomach he has a visual fire and that fire is getting depleted of oxygen the more he runs so he goes into his cookie jar and grabs some kindling and throws it on yeah and it just like goes woof and then off he goes again for another 30 miles and then but even before he got to that stage of the ultras because he he, he said didn't he when you know um i think it was uh during the time you know the lone warrior so uh, the lone survivor film with matt Wahlberg, where um it was the biggest tragedy in navy seals history so that those those seals got caught behind enemy lines um, and then the seals in the helicopter went to go save them but it got shot down by an rpg dave goggins wanting to then go well, i need to do something to raise money for the family great what can i do what can i do that's quite extreme i know what's all this ultra stuff bearing in mind at that time he was quite a jacked guy wasn't he so he said oh i didn't really run i just did power lifting you know he was he was what two 240 250 pound pure muscle navy seal i mean you imagine what these guys are like pure muscle ripped 
So he goes, I'm going to do an ultra. So I'm going to do this bad water 130. So he rings the guy up who runs it, and the guy laughs at him and goes, right, I, I don't care if you're a Navy SEAL, mate. You, you can't do, you can't just come and do this. This is something altogether different. And and what he had to do, didn't he? he had to. He, he, the guy said to him, tell you what, if you can run 100 miles in 24 hours, I'll consider you. So I'm not going to let you in. Yet I'm going to consider you. So then he what he, he finds that the nearest one to him, which I think it was um, a running track, and they had 24 hours, and you run 100 miles. That and was it, it, wasn't it? Three days notice or something, wasn't it? Something yeah. So he sure he'd never really run before. <laughs> I mean, well, well, obviously he's run some because he's, he passed Hell Week. But this is a few years down the line. I mean, you know what it's like if you get you running to a certain level and then you stop for whatever reason, or you concentrate on weights, you then go back to running. It's a very different thing all together. Yeah. So he goes, I'm gonna do this 100 miler, does it? Um, basically nearly dies doing it. I mean, it goes into graphic detail in the book of what happens to his bowels and all sorts as a result of running it. Um, but what I found interesting was he got to mile 100 at the 18th hour. So he stopped. Great, I've done my 100 miles within 24 hours. Excellent. Rings the guy up. Done my hundred miles. What did you do it in? Eighteen hours. So what? You stopped. It's twenty-four hours. So why don't you do more? And he went. Aah! I can't deal with that. <laughs> I can't deal with that. That that's got in my head. <laughs> that, must have been, that just shows the type of person who who's got to just make sure the right candidates are there. And he's like, oh. Well, he said, didn't he? You know, people die on these things, and yeah. you know, he can't have his licenses taken away. So you have to be. The best of the best and then it, the book goes into more detail about his races and his and his running um but a lot of these books as i said at the start say that you know that, that he doesn't part, he doesn't say that he's going to change your life he doesn't he he is just a guy that is telling a story that is it and he is as raw as an individual as you will ever find there are, there are no airs and graces with this guy and i think in this day and age that is very much needed. If you are looking for something that is the complete opposite to uh, self-care, pampering, um, PC, don't say this, don't say that, be careful what you do, seek this guy out and read and watch. There's loads of podcasts, you know, just Joe Rogan's podcast. You get a lot of stuff from the book, but the podcasts are great as well. And I guarantee you will get something for it. I, I, I have never read a book like that before in my life, ever. Mm, I know and there's they're really easy things to implement as well like the accountability mirror I've now got that and it's pushing me forwards several of these lessons I've it's got horrible though that and it that the accountability what do we say though didn't we when we first started this um I think it was Ray Jackson or Ray Willis I can't remember the name of the NFL player that said um only you can judge effort and I think I remember saying to you at the time when we first started that if you look in them if this fails if it fails and you look in the mirror and you say, I have done categorically everything I possibly could within my capabilities, my mindset, my resources, everything, and it failed. Yes, it will hurt, but at least you've done everything. Now, if it fails and you look in that mirror and go, well, I could have done that. I could have spoke to that person. I could have done this or made that sacrifice. That stuff stays with you forever. Yeah. And that's, that's in some ways the accountability mirror. Yeah, it is. And that's that empowerment through failure. If you haven't done it enough, next time you demo, make sure you do. But he's um, he's inspired us, hasn't he? Because um, from a fitness point of view, so 
we've obviously got the marathon that we're going to do at Milton Keynes. Um, so, and I know I said I wasn't going to mention it, but I'm going to mention it now. Um, we're going to do uh, a personal challenge. So, nothing. You're not going to talk about it, publicize it, or anything other than to mention it now in the context of what we've just been chatting about. But we're going to go and find a running track and just run for 10 hours. That's it. Just to see how far we can go. I just want to find out what happens on that limit. That I think that will be a real interesting thing to see, to go when your body is broken, your mind is broken, but you know you've got to do your 10 hours. And that can be walking and crawling, but you can't stop for 10 hours. I just want to, I just want to know. I just want to see what happens. Yeah, because at that point, if we do 30 miles, 20 miles, whatever it looks like, we'll know that next time we run, we've done that. <laughs> yeah. there's, there's, there's that much more in the tank when you try and stop. It's that stopping that complacency thing for me. Yeah. Well, if someone said to me, you, 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 you know, six months ago, you're going to be flirting with the idea in 2022 to do the Liverpool to Leeds Ultra, which is 130 miles in 40 hours, leads to a Liverpool to Leeds canal. Um, looking at that and going, ooh, I, I fancy that. <laughs> I, I won't mind training for that just to see what would happen. Um, I mean, and, and, and I, I, I can get that, that would not happen if I went and read that book. It just won't. I, I, I guarantee you, I didn't even know what an ultra race was until I ran that book, uh, until I read that book. Didn't even know. I thought marathon was it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Fantastic. So I, I definitely recommend this book to anyone watching. Have yeah. a read. It might not be for you, but it really has changed some of there's some things that have changed in the back of my head. Definitely some lessons I'll take forward and we have as yeah. a team, haven't we? And I think that is a fantastic way to end. And we'll sign off by using David Goggin's sign off line. After three, one, two, three, stay hard. You didn't say it, Sharon. Oh. <laughs> I did. I said stay hard. Did you? It feels weird saying that, but um anyway. That's a conversation for another podcast. So thanks, everyone. This is our first one. Um, the next one is going to be a film review. And the film is, Sharon Boyd? Aliens. Boof, Aliens. Sigourney Weaver. Oh, 80s classics coming up. If you haven't seen Aliens, watch it. Not going to get into it now, but we're going to enjoy it. And we're going to pull it apart in some areas because I've got some critiquing. I might say to James Cameron, I'm sure I'll take my feedback. Anyway, thanks everyone for watching. Um, have a great time. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye.